This is season two, episode three of Best Foot Forward. We've um, we've adjusted how we are speaking into the mic such that you can hopefully hear us a little bit better. Yeah, so we uh, we got a little bit closer, you know, um, you know, physically and just as as a group. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the voices sound a little better. I kind of sound a little bit nasally in the last video. Not, I don't think you sounded nasally. I think it just sounded distant. It sounded far. And yeah. It was like a little, a little uh, what's the word? A far. Little distant. No, no, no. It's uh, staticky. That's it, too. Oh. Okay. That's the word I'm looking okay. for. So you can hopefully still understand it. Because Mike had a lot of good things to say last episode. So um, hopefully this is better. Um, yeah. We always try to make sure that you can hear us because what's the point if you can't? So, we, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we're back here with Best Foot Forward with our co-host. He was your co-host. In season one, in episodes four and the lost episode, he was your co-host. In episode two of season two, may I welcome back to the octagonal table in studio one, Wills. Hello, happy to be back. It's been a long time since I recorded one of these episodes. A whole five minutes. It's been five minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, we had to kind of compose ourselves and then uh, get into this episode. So, but um, Wills mentioned he's happy to be here. Ooh, so I sure do want to preface our topic for today with a precaution. So this is going to be a weird episode because we don't have any direction to go. Um, not that our pre-planning has really done us any good in the past, because typically we have a list of topics, as we kind of talked about in the last episode, we have a list of topics that we try to get to. We get to one or two. Last episode, we didn't get to any. Nope. That's okay. Um, but we're talking about happiness today. We are. And one thing that I think is going to contribute to this maybe feeling a bit of a weird episode, this is definitely the latest we have ever started recording. Is it? Yes. What the last episode was, that was, one was, was pretty also late. late. That was but late. we are we are approaching uh, midnight, and it's not a bad thing. We're not tired, as you can all probably tell. But this is also something that's kind of like a question. Like, why is it, as it gets late at night, like, why are we as, like, people? Because I'm pretty sure this happens to you guys, too. I'm talking to you, audience. Why are we more open to like having a deep conversations? Yeah, that's like the the midnight feels, uh, sad boy hours, you know. It's real. It is real. (laughs) I don't care who you are. You are more likely to give me your garage door code at two in the morning than you are at two in the afternoon. (laughs) Without the influence of anything else. Yeah, you're just more open to talking to people. I certainly am. Like that's when I get my deepest thoughts. Um, It's when I figure out what I want to write in my papers for school. Oh, yeah. um, what I want to do with my life, I I sent a, a text last night that was like, you know what, life is going to be okay. Like, it was just things like that. Did, did, did you send that to yourself? <laughs> no, no, to someone else. Okay, I okay. I, I haven't figured From out how to... phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't figured out how to text myself yet. So, audience. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at right now. Um, we're at that time of the night. So, hopefully, you hear some good insight here. Yeah, so this is actually an episode I recommend listening to maybe later at night. Maybe this, is a, maybe this isn't your, like, afternoon drive to or from work. This would be something you could just kind of sit down, and as you hear our thoughts, which might get a little deep into, like, happiness, please let us know yours. Because we, we want to know what makes you happy, you know? Or maybe if you have something else to contribute about... If someone actually knows the actual, like physiological or psychological reasons why we feel more open, almost vulnerable later at night, please let us know. Um, you can uh, contact us personally or you can hit us up on our Twitter, which is at best underscore foot underscore the number four word spelled W-A-R-D. Best foot forward. Best branding in the business. Of course. Um, I'll, uh, I'll give my two cents on why I think people are more open at night. 
I think it's because that's typically when people are, like, alone almost. Because you spend most of the day with people talking about things. But I know, like, before I go to bed, I'm always, like, just by myself. And, uh, it's, uh, thank you, it's a struggle's real. Um, <laughs> but it's, like, that's when you have time to think and kind of digest the day. But also kind of look forward into the next day and also what's happening beyond the next day. The it, future. Yes, the future. Call back to our last episode. Uh-huh. Um, Full circle. <laughs> it, it's just, it's like, you're, uh, it's just you're more cognizant of uh, where, where life's going and I guess yeah, just everything. No, I agree know. with that because you're, like you said, you're with people and now you're alone with, I mean, you're never alone. You always had best foot forward to listen to. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> but also, it's true. It's available twenty four seven. It's free. <laughs> iTunes, or I'm sorry, iTunes. They shut down iTunes. They shut oh. down. Wait, what? <laughs> you can't buy music anymore. Yeah, you what? cannot. You yeah. cannot Whoa. buy music from Whoa. iTunes anymore. Yeah, that's really reducing my <laughs> happiness. <laughs> Do you prefer getting scammed a dollar twenty nine? No, I'm, oh, no but a... you're telling me the podcast is not available. No, it is. Apple Podcasts is still up. Okay, good. iTunes is just kind of shorthand for what we are. Right. Roger, there's right. a podcast app on. If you're listening to it, you know how to find us. It's fine, um, but you can get us anywhere, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so what I was getting at is, besides obviously never being alone, you're alone with your thoughts more so because yeah. throughout the day. You might be, you might think certain things, but like I said, there's, like Brian said, you don't have other people you're talking to. So you're kind of alone with your thoughts, and it's like self-realization of like everything that you think. And then so maybe you're thinking about all that, and then like you are talking to someone late at night. You're just, you got all these things, and you, you want to talk about it with someone other than yourself, and you don't want to seem like like a schizophrenic. So you just kind of gotta get it out. That was much better verbalized than what I was saying, so thank you for putting my thoughts into words. Of course, Brian. Of course. If I may transition, this is actually, I don't, I don't know if this is meant as a segue into our next topic, but I think it can. So we're here doing this episode today to kind of reflect on what makes us happy and do self-reflection. And I guess my question is, what exactly is the value of self-reflection on happiness? Right? Well, Because if you... I think if you <laughs> well it is this and this is gonna be this that's episode. That's like that's folks. like that's like Grand Canyon level deep. Yeah, it's, it's pretty deep. It's but pretty deep. Yeah, there's quite Mariana's trench, but oh, yeah. I was gonna use that later in the yeah. episode. But okay, yeah. nice. So I mean, really though, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, but you were a little deeper than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yikes! Okay, all right. So um, we are reflecting on what makes us happy. So why why? What's the point of that? Why why did we decide to land on this topic? I well, I think everyone should strive to do things that make them happy in life, whether that be your occupation or what you do in your daily life. Like, you you need I, this is very like I actually feel pretty passionate about this. Like, you need to find what makes you happy in life, and that should be your motivation. And that can be a variety of different things to people. For some people, it's money. For some people, it's success. For some people, like what. Like, what makes you happy, like you were saying, like, I think everybody needs to find that. I think it's very important that you find what makes you happy, and you use that as your motivation through life. Yeah, it's what gets you out of bed in the morning. It is. Mm -hmm. Because if you hate your job, you're not going to want to get out of bed and do that. Right. I think it's also an interesting, it's an interesting how being happy is very much societally influenced, you know? 
like what we define as happy is very much a Western way of thinking in terms of our, we think of ourselves on an individual basis, you know, like there's two kind of modes of psychology, which dictate how we, how we perceive, um, like the base unit of society, it's individualism and collectivism. So for us, we, we prescribe to like the individualist idea of thought where our individual happiness is very much the most important thing to us. But if you look at it from a collectivist perspective, which is more common in Asia and in Eastern society, also in like Eastern Russia and, and places like that, where co- the, the base unit of society is the family. So I think it's kind of an interesting dichotomy where you see what, um, that like in an individualist society, the, the one person is what is who the strives to be happy. Whereas in a collectivist society, you might see someone who sacrifices their individual happiness for the, the collective goals of the unit. So I think it's it's interesting to see how our definition of happy is absolutely influenced by the place in which we're like raised and people who tell us what it, what happiness is, you know? Yeah, that's I agree 100% with that. Uh, I kind of think that, I can't remember where I saw this, but part of the reason why humans conform to their group so much as they do is because in, like, pre... Like, ancient history, when uh, humans were just, like, a new a new species, uh, their survival mechanisms were highly geared towards not sticking out and, like, staying with the group, so that way you wouldn't be outcast, and that way you had, like, more people hunting, more of a greater chance of survival, basically just not being somebody that was, like, thrown outside of the group because the one that happens, um, I mean, even to to today's society, you can't survive on your own, um, and so it's kind of just, like, it's still in our brains, um, that we derive happiness, uh, from basically, like, I guess conforming to the group sometimes, and so it's just, it's the same way with, like, food, like, we eat sugary things because they taste good, and they taste good to us, because they're high in calories or high in sugars, and that allows our body to make, like, uh, energy much ATP. easier. Yes, ATP, yes. Um, <laughs> so it's just, like, all the pre-mortal, I don't know. If that, pre-mortal? Pr- pr- <laughs> primitive, primitive, also like primitive. Uh, primitive. Uh, Was that primordial. Yes, that's it, Primordial soup? Uh, yes, also, <laughs> you, you will want your thesaurus while watching or listening to this episode. Especially if um, Wills is a co-host. Oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> Dichotomy, yeah, that one right over my head. Um, <laughs> I am right with it's you. Bro. <laughs> These are um, words you take back to Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. But, your uh, crazy oh, uncle I yells at you. Oh, yes. Thanksgiving dinner. But oh. it's just our bodies, our bodies are still so geared towards just doing everything possible to survival that they really haven't adapted to where humans are now. Yeah. So I think I, I want to reflect on that a little bit because you talked about food making us happy because we're able to generate um, more energy. And I think it's, to me, it's a little bit more simpler than that. It tastes good. It tastes good going down. I eat ice cream because it's delicious. I feel bad almost instantly after I've eaten the ice cream. Oh, yeah. Like, a blizzard, I get, like, halfway through, and I'm like, oh, God, why did I do this to myself? I still finish it because I'm not going to waste my money. But I do feel bad about it. Yeah. And so I want to, so to preface, I have not take. I've not thought a lot about philosophy, or I haven't read a lot of philosophy, but there is a really big, like, philosophical debate among everybody knows Plato. Everybody knows who that who that is. 
So he I has. Play with that as a kid. Not fun to play with. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I should have known. <laughs> um, but I should have a. I, I want to make a comparison to something that Plato wrote about, and it's an analogy. It's the leaky jar analogy in air quotes. That's just yeah. what he calls it. So he says that if you derive your happiness from just pleasure, like eating cake, right? Does cake make you happy? Most of the time. Right. Wills, does cake make you happy? Yeah, cake makes you happy. Right. I think... It, uh, always. Yeah. Let them eat cake. So... Thank oh you. God. Thank okay. you, Madam Wiswell, or whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What Hold on. Sorry, Antoinette. <laughs> uh, were you talking about the wax figure lady, Madam... <laughs> Madame you know what I'm talking well. about? <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Madame Tussaud? Is that... I have no Wills, idea. Who Wills, do you know No! <laughs> Come on, someone listening has to know the wax figure museums that they're named after. It's Madame Tussaud or something like that. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's fine. Okay. Bottom line, if you get all your happiness from just pl- things that are pleasurable to you, it's like a leaky jar where you fill that jar up, but then it's leaky, so it just goes right back out the bottom so you're just going to want more and more and more but it still just drains out the bottom so you have to keep in order to be happy then you have to keep those jars full even though they're consistently leaking mm-hmm. does that make sense, that yeah. makes sense. i hope yeah. that makes sense to the audience it's an oversimplification i think but it's what i understand because i'm kind of dumb when it comes to reading <laughs> things so i just want to kind of put that out there because i think if we're going to talk about happiness we have to understand whether things that are pleasurable are worth it because money buys things that are pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So my question, overarching question, and I think one that is probably encapsulating our whole discussion is, does money buy happiness? Yes. And this is totally opinion-based because everyone's got an opinion on this, but I think we, have, we could have some interesting things to say. Mike, you're gesturing your hand, and I want to hear from you. I'm just trying to work through it myself. Um, I'm just still actually trying to... I want to get... I love your question. I really want to get to that. But also... You talk about things that are pleasurable, so like I almost kind of want to define pleasurable. So like, yeah, so like eating like that food is pleasurable, right? But then, man, how am I trying to go about this? Like, there's pleasure. There's like that, like se- mm. sensation, sensation. There's so there's that, but then there's also like not to sound like cheesy, but like wholesome pleasure that like from like your heart. Like I don't think that is the that's not where I expected that to go. <laughs> oh. Like, I don't think that's the same as the pleasure I get when eating something that makes me happy. These are two different things. Oh, so you're so you're saying like basic sensation versus actual satisfaction. So like, if an actual goal that you were a physiological uh, sensation, right? Like, I think that was that that's something that I kind of wanted to touch on because I think I know where you're going. Okay, I'm not trying to derail, but I when you brought up the example of eating the blizzard. You said... The Dairy Queen Blizzard. Yes. Not sponsored by Dairy Queen, but we could be. Uh, Dairy Queen gives money. Um, so you said that there's the... the It tastes good. That's the one uh, part of satisfaction. That's the one kind of happiness that's being derived there. But then there's the conflicting um, societal definition of what happiness is. Then you're worried about what you're eating. You know? Like, we're societally... We're told, oh, don't eat junk food. Don't do all these things. Like, eating ice cream all the time. Bad news, but, like, that's not good. Mm-hmm. So that's like another conflicting idea of that's influencing your perception of how it's happy. Then that's influenced by something that's, I think you were trying to get to more along the lines of like holistic satisfaction. Like if you were to eat 
<laughs> had a cabbage instead of that ice cream, it would not satisfy the whole taste thing, right? Correct. But it, it would be it would, it would help you feel more like more healthy, I suppose. Not a whole head of cabbage, but like a healthy food, right? Kinda. If I may, this is this is the difference between the body and the soul in Plato. Okay. Wait, let's let's let Mike finish because I think I because I struck out apparently. So finish. <laughs> you didn't strike out. You you fall you followed it off. Oh, just as good. That's all right. <laughs> um. So you're correct, but what I'm getting at is like kind of what I was talking about earlier about like like your goal in life. Like, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like, I think we can go around and maybe say something like, "What's something that like genuinely like makes you happy?" So like one thing for me. Um, is that, um, and I don't like, in no way do I, I'm not trying to, I don't want to sound noble or like all these different things, like other people, like, so for, let me just say this an example. I was, um, one of my, one of my friends, my neighbors down the street had, uh, had injured and had back surgery, right? So the day after me and my mom, we made extra food or making stuffed shells. We made extra and we, and I brought it down to them. Is like you know because he was he had back surgery brought them made them dinner because it was probably a hard time and as I was walking down the street I just got this like feeling in my body I was like wow like this is what makes me happy like helping other people and so that's that's like a different kind of happiness than when I go into like the freezer and there's those Trader Joe's ice cream sandwiches that are chocolate chip cookies and vanilla ice cream and chocolate chip cookies like that's beautiful. Um, like there's that happiness and then there's that kind of like we'll say that holistic like wow like it's just this feeling of like this is what genuinely like for me it's like helping other people makes me genuinely happy with myself and like with my life yeah (laughs) i um running with that i think part of that comes from humans are innately selfish and whether or not uh, that's a hot take. Modern that's not a, Well, that is not a consensus. To be clear, that's a that's a point of view. I'm not saying I disagree or agree, but there are people. That is a fiercely debated thing. So continue. Okay. Well, I I don't think that they're selfish to the point where they hurt other people, but I think that they're selfish, generally, to the point of they will value their own happiness, or. or own survival over others. Well, I think it's like their own interests motivate yes. the majority yes. of their decisions. Yes, that was much better phrase. Yeah. So I think that doing things that are selfless, like bringing food to our, our neighbor, I think that that generates a different kind of happiness because although like eating food releases dopamine in the brain, mm-hmm. um, like carrying food to a neighbor, that doesn't bring dopamine, I don't think. I think that... I mean, I don't know the actual science, but... Uh, yeah, I, but Sounds. I think it's it's more of like a helping the community kind of thing, where it's more of just being selfless can generally provide more sustaining happiness than being uh, uh, selfish. Yeah, it's more like wholesome. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know how else to put that. But yeah, you you pretty much hit you you hit there kind of what I was going at. You didn't you didn't felt it. Oh, thank you. That was, that was, that was a, that was a base solid, hit solid bunt single. No, no, it was a, ba- it was a base hit through uh, through the hole between short oh, and third. Okay. 
So Daniel's getting the grand slam. Well, we're going to Baseball. <laughs> this is the... You could... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so this is... I, I want to elaborate on my point earlier. This is the difference in... I don't want to dwell on it too much, but there is a how Plato and philosophers that followed him, they looked at a difference between the body and the soul. It Physiologically, nothing happens when you bring food over to your neighbor. Might be some... I don't know. Brian, you dopamine. mentioned dopamine. I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to say one way or another. It's very possible. But ice cream does things. You're putting something in your body. So mm-hmm. it's two different things. So you're, the soul is also things that... that that's something... I didn't even... Like, never... That never crossed my mind. What, the difference between the yeah. body and the soul? That's something that blew my mind when I first started hearing about it. Because yeah. you can think about it with everything. And I'll say, like... I thought about that in a sense, but the way I always put it, instead of so like, I always took it as like the heart, like, but this is kind of like in a more like a um, metaphysical move. That's I don't even know how I don't even know what that word means. I don't know why I tried to use that. Um, <laughs> so like, not in the physical sense of because so my like heart pumps emotional blood. Sense. Yes, emotional. So like, yeah, uh, I guess emotional happiness versus maybe physical physio. Physiological. You got it. No, you got it. You said yeah, you, it. you said the distinction between body and soul. You said that just in a different way. Yeah. So yeah, I think we, this is not a foreign con- excuse me. This is not a foreign concept to to any of us. Sorry, I'm choking here. We grumble. Um, <laughs> no, this is we all know this. Um, this is something that we've all kind of thought about, maybe in a different way. But it, morality, being a moral person, doesn't. Man, this is weird. This is weird talking about it. No, go, go. I'm here. I, I like morals. Keep going. Sentence, Being yeah. a moral person doesn't do anything for you physically. Mm. I think it does. I mean, it might cause... You're probably going to be depressed if you're just a jerk to everybody. That's definitely like a chicken or the egg type thing. Because you're going to have no oh. friends and... But then... It, oh my god, there's so much here. This I, We told you it was going to be a weird episode. Yeah. Somebody say something else. Because yeah, so I, I have to let these thoughts kind of gestate here i don't know what's going on yeah i mean i guess i think that there's there's definitely a difference between the body and the soul but i think they're very closely linked like i think there's definitely ways to say that the body and the soul definitely influence each other like you feel f- physically more happy happy if you are uh fulfilled emotionally i would say right like yeah. if you you things like having more en- like physically having more energy feeling more motivated just constantly having some, some sense of purpose and some sense of, sense of drive, which is derived from emotional happiness, <clears throat> which has definite physiological effects. And I think the same is true the other way, where if you, like, the difference, if, if anybody ever, here has ever been injured or has been in a state where they are disabled for some reason or another, right, physically, then there's there's definitely a huge effect that that has on your emotional well-being. It does. Because if, if you physically can't do things, it's, it's very debilitating and it's very hard to get through that so there's definitely i mean and if you're in if you're sick or if you're all these different things that are linked to the body and your own sensations in terms of happiness that very much affect your emotional happiness as well yeah and to and to go go back the other way kind of vice versa you look at things like so you look at people that are suffering from mental health issues and that has a big impact on them physically even if it could be something different so, like, you look at one of the things I was reading an article the other day. One of the things they said is, like, the most common, so like, that people that are, like, struggling with depression, like, that they all share in common, like, something physical that you don't think about is, like, their personal hygiene goes 
way down. They tend to brush their teeth less, wash their face less, um, tend to go, tend to sleep less. So all these things that are have are because of their emotional well-being, like Will said, is also now having a, an effect into their physical well-being. I think here we're kind of in danger of conflating what body and soul are in that sense, because your emotions are still like a. They're still a physical thing. Mm. Yes, because they're synapses that are fired through your nerves mm-hmm. into your brain, and that's what you feel. Yeah, that's that's the basis of every feeling that you have, period. Not if the soul is a thing. If you think the soul is something, the soul has no organ in your body. Yeah. The, I read a book called Chicken Soup for the Soul. I knew, you were gonna, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the bathroom reads in our bathroom. It's a well. It's a, it's a good bathroom read, it and it's one that made me like very inspired as a child. I read the Chicken Soup for the Soul for kids, uh-huh. and that one like there was this one about a a kid that he climbed a, some sort of tower, like a water tower, and okay. this is. I wonder if it's at my house. I'm gonna go read this, but. A kid climbed a water tower, and the sister went and got him. I think that was the whole story. But it really, I was like, I wish, you know, if I climb a water tower, I hope my sister comes and gets me. And to this day, day, I still believe that Christine would drive from two hours away to come get me. I don't think she's... Are you incapable of getting back down the water tower? <laughs> this kid wasn't. He wasn't doing so good. So, so, to be clear, they did not give us the recipe for chicken soup. <laughs> for your soul. For your soul. So, yeah, for your for soul. soul. So right. there's no physical recipe. Yeah. So you have to climb a water tower to get the chicken soup? That's like... Yeah. If that first... It's like Lion King. You have to go oh. up on top of the rock and... And hold up the book. We've Did side- you watch Lion King? We've, we've sidetracked what? from the sidetrack. Oh, oh, yeah, the, the most important thing in Lion King is when he goes on top of that rock and he holds up the other lion. The I haven't seen that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the monkey holds up Simba. Yeah, yeah. sure. What did I just yeah. say? You said, you said the that's, other lion. Wait, what? Oh, oh, is that okay. really? Well, it's still a monkey. That's... I don't know what I'm getting at. You know, <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but I know the scenes. So. Oh, I love yeah, but this, <laughs> All right. That's a nice. This is a discussion for. To, I'm gonna end the sidetrack here with one last comment. Mike really gets angry when I haven't seen a movie that he's seen, and I feel. But you're referencing a movie that you haven't seen. Thank you. That's not. I can. You tell me you've never referenced a movie you haven't seen. No, that's not what we're arguing. We're saying that. No, that is what you just said. No, but I'm saying I'm saying that you referenced a movie that you have not seen. I'm saying that because you've done that, you've referenced the scene, not as it exists in a film. Right? That's not the Correct. intent of the scene. What exactly. did I get wrong? You said, like, the purpose is, like, to climb. Like, that's just. He's just saying that the. He's just showing a no, baby off I'm to the entire the kingdom. The visual of that is like being on top of the water tower. I'm not saying the point of the film is like that. I don't know what the point of the film is. I don't care. Whoa. I just. Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to step out. I'm going to step out because I can't say anything today without getting harassed about Akuna it. Matata. <laughs> what a, a wonderful, wonderful phrase. phrase. Thank you, Paul. Isn't that isn't movie coming out, the live action one? Oh, uh, yes, I will. Uh, where I'm have we super gone? excited for I'm that. I'm very excited for that. The cast is amazing. Like, the cast of people. Eric Andre's in it. He's hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah, we're way happiness, body and soul. You were talking about the conflation between mind oh. and soul, or uh, body and soul. Yeah, so soul is based like that's where you get your morals from. It's where you. Oh, ooh. 
Alright, continue. Continue. Continue, continue. This is absurd. Okay. I I don't even know what I was going to say. You get your morals from your soul. Yeah, and well, one thing I think is also helpful to keep in mind in the discussion is how culture and society influences what you think are morals, but may not be. And there's also consideration of is there are there objective morals like things that are objectively right that everybody should do. Yeah, and one thing I want to throw at ooh, that didn't work at all. One thing I also want to link to that you talk about the soul being your basis. Of morals. <laughs> <laughs> you get the you get the alarm signals Mike's going. Yeah, he's, uh... <laughs> he's thinking it out loud with his hands. It's really <laughs> he, I'm he did backtrack. You didn't see it, but he had to backtrack with his hands. He made a signal for something that he didn't quite get to, so he did it in the opposite direction. <laughs> It was the funniest thing. <laughs> but, so what I was getting at is that he talked about the soul not being real in his, or not, sorry, not real, not physically there, and that being a basis for your morals. And another thing that that is like in, in cohorts with cohort, yeah, you're good. Um, is your conscience, like where your conscience doesn't exist? It does, but it. Does, does that make sense? It, it exists in the Matrix. That's what you're saying, right? We <laughs> <laughs> get away from the movies. I stepped away for a second so that we could... No, but, like, you you get your more. I mean, I think, like, your conscience is, like, what's right and what's wrong, which is, like, your morals. Mm-hmm. And that that's another thing. Like, yeah, like you're saying, like, does that exist? Like, because like, it's not physically a thing. It's not something... I mean, you like you were saying, morals are learned, usually, but are there yeah. some morals that... There are there are definitely some morals like we see that that all honestly every discussion we've had about psychology so far has been related to the righteous mind which is a book I read last summer I forget who the author is but if you want to learn about like all the stuff that we've been talking about in terms of uh, morality where morality comes from and the psychology behind it read that book but um, what you were saying there are definitely morals that exist across cultures like. Right. C- cultures that are completely unrelated to each other that haven't coexist that haven't in- didn't interact with each other for thousands of years uh, until we developed you know advanced modes of travel and communication that still developed similar moral concepts and that's typically used as, as proof that there are innate human morals but there are also societal differences like we right. talked about with the individualism and collectivism thing that are societal constructs so I mean there's proof that we're that we all come from kind of the same something, something like the same. There's the same moral construct there, but then it deviates as as we developed individually as societies. Right, and it's cool too because we don't share morals with animals. Animals aren't typically seen as moral. Mm-hmm. That's what know? makes us human. That's yeah, that is a, a lot thing. of people consider that. Yeah. So my one thing I do want to interject is, like Will's, I agree with you that there are definitely like a like baseline morals that we all have but that's not a consensus either a lot of people think it's all learned um but my i I do agree with you so i want to give a point to that so confucius who like i like confucius yeah many hands make light work yeah so a a philosopher from the (laughs) confucius name (laughs) sorry that just it reminded me of mike saying big mess everybody dies Big mess, everybody dies from family. 
Daniel, I'm sorry. Yeah, the floor's yours. It's okay. I forgive you. So, Confu- basically, Confucius wrote in the same time as a, as a Greek philosopher. I don't remember who, who it was, but I did read something. It might have been Epicurus. It doesn't matter. Well, it does, but it doesn't for this context. Um, but they came to similar conclusions, which is right right up in what Wills is, was saying. They're not connected. They didn't have any contact at all. This was like way, I don't know time, so I don't know how far back it was, but it was at the same time. There was no way for them to communicate, but somehow they arrived at similar conclusions. So how did these cultures that had no contact, how did they come to similar, um, how did they come in agreement with how they should act on a daily basis with each other and, and individually? How did that happen? I, I don't expect an answer because yeah, nobody can answer that. But no. I mean, if you I'm believe kidding. in the concept of, uh, if you, well, I mean, I feel like evolution is a good way to explain that is what I'm trying to get at because if we all eventually come from a similar ancestor, yeah, similar ancestor out of Africa, like roughly what, 50 to 100,000 years ago or something yep. like that. So I feel like that relative, that similar relative probably had the basis of what is was plumbed to develop the moral concepts that are consistent between cultures and whatnot, but then, yeah. then you see that the differentiation comes with like developing societal dynamics within each you know culture, I suppose. Ooh, I, yeah, I have something to mention on that. Um, since it is scientifically proven that we did come from like a common ancestor, how was it that? We had a, uh, what was it, mind and soul, body and soul? So, Chicken soup for the soul? Yeah. <laughs> Let's but stay like, away from that for now. What, like, the common ancestor, they did they have a soul? Or did it happen when we evolved into humans and then we just gained a soul? Like, how, how would that oh, yeah, exactly true. work out like that? Because I, I personally probably would think that the common ancestor didn't have a soul. Because they weren't intelligent. Like, I mean, that's not the defining factor of having a soul, but... Yeah. No, I, I agree, because we talked about how animals, we don't have the morals with animals. So I yeah. I agree. Not really sure about the soul-building process. Um, wow. See, for me, uh, I I don't know. I think it's just... I, I think the idea of a soul is, is um, like, a metaphysical expression of everything, that, like, an amalgamation of just, like, emotions and everything that we think. So these these ideas that we see and, and build up, like, a soul is all of these different characteristics that form in our incredibly complex brains, right? Like, if all that stuff merging together to form an individual person, right? That, and we can distinguish the differences between people because we're so attuned to what makes a human, right? Mm-hmm. Like... So we, we're so apt to see individual differences that we see that, oh, you're the same as me, but the thing that's different, it must be like a soul, you know? So I think that the the concept of a soul is just kind of a way to explain all these different factors that we see that make us all different in the way that we think and the way that we feel and, and what we are, essentially, a way of expressing that, I think that's that's, that's my encapsulating all that into one more right. And I feel like you can you can definitely then use that as an explanation, like link that to a biological explanation of what, because I think it's kind of an arbitrary definition of what does and does not have a, a soul. That's just my personal opinion, um, because I think a soul is really just a level of complexity that 
we have as a society defined you know like the ability uh, of like introspection like being able to look at yourself and right mm-hmm. defining who you are and what is like the difference between you and others that's a big part of it brian you kind of hit the nail on the head because that's why I guess it, you just kind of crystallized what I asked in the beginning, which is what's the point of self-reflection? It's to look back on your own morals, for me at least. There's no, there's no universal answer to that question, of course. But that's to look back on what you do, um, you know, how you treat other people, what you say, what you think, what you do. Um, is it in line with what you think is a universal morality? Or if you think there's not a universal morality, does it align with what you think is a morality the one that you want to follow yeah and um one thing i don't know this doesn't like combat like universal morality or anything but which is it's okay if it can because that's also controversial Um, is like so if there's like we can all agree let's say like a moral that a lot of people share is like probably like okay killing people for like no reason is probably pretty bad however there are people with skewed moral compasses that don't find that like as morally wrong as we us four might you like i mean you just look at something like mao zedong you know like like dictators and all that like their moral compass is skewed so it's almost like well if we all share some basic like morals why don't we share morals why don't i share morals with like mao zedong well i think that's also you could you could say that if you are in how do you know that if you were in Mao's position, you would act any differently, you know? Like, if, if given all the context surrounding everything that happened with, like, the Cultural Revolution and everything like that, how do you know that you would be different than Mao, you know? Like, there's, I feel like there's so much that contextually influences someone's decisions and the way they act that it's it's kind of hard. It's the same thing, there's, there's, the, there's a book about um, the concept of the... Um, it was, I think, the German soldiers. It was, it was, the German soldiers who were assigned to death squads in the SS. Yeah. It was, it was. A, I think it, it's like recounting their transition from being, you know, normal members of society to being conditioned killers. You mm-hmm. know, it was like a psychological um, evaluation of how that happens, and I think it's a valuable insight into how we are very much based on, like, like you said our willingness to accept society and everything and our willingness willingness to conform we our moral compass isn't so strong you know like we are in we are very much we are influenced by groups by groupthink and by all these different psychological concepts which make us better at acting cohesively which is better for our survival yeah. you know so i think that although there mao probably did have a basic similar moral understanding as you did but as he developed and was exposed to all these different things and contextually all these different decisions had to be made and all these everything that influenced him maybe there was something different about mal maybe he was psychological or psychiatric no that'd be psychologically if his brain composition was different that made him you know do these different things but a lot of i think that can be can attributed to uh, a context and how his decisions were informed. I, I agree with that, and I like that. And I almost would say that that's kind of more of a point to maybe that morals are more learned than innate. Mm-hmm. So Well, it also could be there's a big discussion about whether or not ends 
justify means. Ah, uh, I mean that, Machiavelli. So that's Machiavelli. Oh. I don't. He wasn't the first to think about that. No, but he was the first to write it in a book, so he gets credit to write that quote in oh. a book. Sure, but there's a lot of. If there is an objective morality, that means you should follow it all the time, regardless of what skewing from that might re- result in. If you like baby Hitler or baby Thanos. Right? We yeah, know that baby one. Thanos. Oh, baby Thanos. Thanos. Okay. Let's go with Thanos. It's a digestible. If you kill him and you save the world from his snap, if you kill him as, a, as baby Thanos, you're still killing a thing. Mm-hmm. And we just said that we just said that's wrong. I, I, no. gen- generally, it's wrong unless that person is claiming, <clears throat> sorry, causing harm uh, to other people for like essentially needless reasons. I mean, who, who, decide, who decides that, though? I think I mean, us as a society do. Yeah, we live in a society where we decide who lives and dies. We have, so we democratically, have def- we decide democratically. Not, well, no, we have we have a government that's set up that for you know, with the exception of, of states that don't do it, that kills people. We have the death penalty. How does you know? the the government is elected democratically? It's yes, but it's, the it's death a, penalty is legalized in a democratic fashion, though. Yes, it is. It's. I think it, it's more Republican in that the people that we elect are the people that then choose whether or not to vote for legislature that is then passed. Correct. It's a distilled It's not form. really yeah. democratic. It's 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 more, indirect democracy. Yes, indirect democracy. So it's then yes, it's it's societally determined who lives and who dies. So I think I think it's something you could say that like killing is wrong. Asterisks. You know, yeah. <laughs> like. I think that's a, a good way to distill that because there are definitely definitely times in, I think, every single society where killing has been justified for some reason yeah. or another. Yeah. Man, I'm just thinking, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm thinking about a regime in Nazi Germany that pretty much unanimously said, okay, we're, gonna, we're going to yeah. kill the Jews. That was decided by a government. They were in fact, elected democratically. If it were directly democratic or if it weren't Republican, because it was, it was to the Reichstag, is that right? Yeah, well, he was, I think Hitler was like appointed Supreme Chancellor. Sure. Well, yeah. But that's still, it, it, dem- democracy was channeled through that per. That's the point, is it's a, the people are the decision maker here. Even if it was democratically decided that the Jews should be killed, does that make it right just because they decided that? No, obviously not. Like no one's gonna I, say not, yes. I'm to not that. accusing you <laughs> of that. Yes, yeah. but it's just it's a it's theory about, and this goes beyond our discussion. And we've already, we well, I think past. we've gone far enough. We've gone well past our, our goal um, of recording time today. But there's a big discussion as well. I mean that we anyone can have this discussion about whether or not people should be entrusted to make such decisions. I mean, two things off of that as we wrap up. Who else would make the decisions besides people? The smartest. So some people say uh, technocracy is the way to go. Technocracy. The people who are, I'll explain that. It's the, the people who are most qualified. So to make decisions on healthcare, you would have everybody who is an active medical doctor or, I don't know, people who make the laws would be mm. philosophers and uh, pe- like jurists who people who have studied the law. Um. Uh, I don't remember which writer it was. I think Thomas Hobbes. We all know. Yeah, that sounds Hobbes. Hobbes. That sounds very that, Hobbesian. No, that's not Hobbesian. Hobbes wants... Uh, well, maybe it wasn't Benevolent, Hobbes. yeah. It sounds like Leviathan to me. 
Like the the idea that no he so Hobbes wanted something I know I'm sorry I just want to explain Hobbes wanted one ruler the sovereign to take over yeah. and make decisions because he knows best and I don't want to talk about that for a whole lot of time Will's, I'm happy to discuss that with you because this is really <laughs> interesting to me um, but the form of a technocracy is one thing another I think it was Aristotle that wanted a philosopher king so instead of a technocracy which is all the smartest people, it's the smartest person who makes the decisions for the people on the presumption that he's the smartest person, so the decisions he'll make are good. Okay. So I've there's so many things, there's so many moving parts here, and we're not going to be able to distill all of them yes. just in one sitting here, or ever in our lives, because there's so much. Uh, I have three things to say to that. Please say all of them, I'm very interested. First of all, it would be decided by the people who the smartest person would be. Yeah. So it's still say. still a form of the society. Well, you're not necessarily. It's a societal definition of what smart is. Yeah. Like we societally mm. define what smart is. Like in Sparta, a smart person was a dude who knew how to kill someone really yeah. well. You know. Yeah. But nowadays, that's not considered a form of like you're not super smart if you can stab a dude forty two different ways. You know. But there like, are things that are, are objectively smarter to. I don't know if objectively. If, no. No. There. Yes. No. Because okay, so someone who says maybe we should give you an antibiotic instead of put leeches on your skin to get rid of a disorder you might have. The antibiotics are objectively the best way to go. I, Leeches yeah. will kill you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so you're saying, yeah, that's scientifically informed. So, yes. So, right. That's my point, is that that is a smarter way to do that. So the man okay. who knows to do that... Yo, yeah, so I, I do agree with you. That's probably more objectively but smart. Not. But it's still influenced by society right. in some form and fashion. Because we value it's that. It's not, we no, because we value that more. We value someone that can, like, make a, can, like, stop, like, a bad disease. We value that more. Back in the days of talking like Sparta, they valued people who could kill people more than people who could save this is, somebody. This is also, we don't know that for a fact. We're just saying, you know, As Spartan experts. Yes. <laughs> having seen the movie 300 at least twice. Um, anyway, the, the whole thing is that, I don't think it's easy to say that something is objective because at the same time... It is time, not. I am not saying that. Because I don't... I think smart is definitely contextually defined in terms of a society. Like, how can we... How do we define smart? Is an IQ test an objective measure of... No, an IQ but, test is not... But if I'm looking to leave this house right now, I will have a better time going up the stairs and out the door rather than through that non-existent window right there. That is objectively a better idea. That is easy for me to say because that's obvious to all of us. That that's the way to get out of this house. Yeah, but then how do you... The, the, that still doesn't, like, smart, right? We still haven't We still haven't arrived at how we objectively define smart. I, I right. think it would just have to be through trial and error and scientific research of just finding which result is resulting in the best outcome of what we're looking for. But still, then again, what we're looking for is still influenced by society. So as we exactly. keep running around in circles here, um, the two other things that I wanted to say um, is that, th throwing it way back, Nazi Germany, their morals were, like, people slowly grew to accept that killing Jews was, like, the right thing. And their morals were kind of shaped through, uh, like, the propaganda of the time. Fascism. So, yeah, so it's, it's almost like that's more evidence of that, like, Morals are dictated by uh, what you grow up in and 
like the kind of society that you live in. Um, so I think that that's just something that we need to think about. Um, but also, my main takeaway from this entire thing is that I need to read a heck of a lot more books, especially I, relating I, I, to... We can, we can, like, tag team this. Yes, especially, <laughs> especially relating to ancient history and just... Aristotle and everything. Plato and I don't recommend reading Aristotle. It's terrible. He's a sexist and he's he's, he's a bad man. Objectively, the <laughs> <laughs> good. That was that was good. I will say the the point of reading philosophy, at least in my like I said, I, I took a semester class, so I'm not like an expert on this. I just think about it a lot. The point of it is to kind of see other people's opinions and for you to be like. Okay, I can see where this person's coming from. I agree with this. Or, okay, I kind of get it, but I would kind of tweak that a little bit. Or you say, like, this guy's freaking nuts. And that's the point. I mean, you can arrive at these conclusions independently. It's just it's just hard. you got to be, like, way up here. Like Objectively a- smarter than everybody else. I'm no, just kidding. High okay. IQ. You, have to, <laughs> yeah. you and I are going to talk about this in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the point of it is not to be, like, a... My professor always said, like, there's no value in just being, like, a a hippie wearing a floppy hat, reading books all the time, and saying, oh, I'm so much smarter than everybody. Like, it really doesn't. Your independent thought is what matters here. And that's why this conversation has been fun for me, and I hope interesting to all of you as well, including our listeners. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, any closing thoughts at all? I I think we, we covered a lot here. We went way over the time, but that's okay. I think that... Some people it might be a, interested. Yeah, it's a crazy episode. It um, is. It, we it, promised it. It. We didn't. I mean, we talked about happiness, kinda. And we delivered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we. You know, we we don't lie on this show. I mean, we we just had a lot to cover, and we wanted to cover it and not truncate it in any way. So, right. No, I, I think the the purpose of this episode was really we just kind of got out our thoughts, and we we went pretty deep. Um, we we might have scraped the bottom of the Mariana Trench. We're not sure. <laughs> Um, we're getting there. We're getting we're getting pretty there. Might have to come up for air for a couple times. Talk <laughs> about the Lion King and yeah, Chicken Soup yeah. for the Soul and then go back down. Yeah, talk right. James Cameron on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, like I said, that was the point of this episode. And um, we hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. If not, whatever. That's okay. Um, Skip it and move on. It's, yeah. We won't blame just, you. It's yeah. okay, but know. this podcast is objectively good. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> that is the one objective truth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, if you guys have any feedback, of course, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, I, we're not saying you have to get deep with us, but, you know, if you want to, we're clearly always down for a deep conversation. And, um, yeah, so this is going to be uh, the end of Wills real quick here. Um, we the might... end of Wills. <laughs> the end of Wills. See um, Wills, is there... I know our viewers love listening to you, and uh, they're super grateful. Is there anything you want to say to the viewers? Or not um, viewers, listeners. To the listeners. Uh, stay in school. Yeah. D- uh, drugs are bad, etc. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's been good. It's been fun to be on these the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, <laughs> we, we're glad. The pleasure. We're glad to have you. You know, you're you're... You're expanding me and Brian's vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I try. I really yeah. do. And uh, yeah, no, we're very grateful to have you I, on the I show. I thought I had, I thought I had all of you fooled when I said truncated, but nobody gave me a. Stand <laughs> that, back, so. that was good. No, <laughs> truncated. That's in like math, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's all I knew. That's yep. thank you. Yeah, I will say the the people with the best vocabulary back in the day more likely to be serial killers. I mean, am so I saying I, that I'm a serial killer? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, find, we'll find out later tonight if I'm alive or not. Yeah, we will. If you yeah. see another episode, that means yeah, good Tune things. in the next episode where we find out, is Will's a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> that's note. very true. So uh, thank you again very much to Will's. 
and we hope all of you guys have a good rest of your morning, afternoon, or evening. And until next time, this is Best Foot Forward.